0: Welcome to this week's episode of Why Stop Now. This week, we're bringing on a very special guest. I'm talking a two-time NFR qualifier. Let's hear Isaac Jessup on the guitar and get ready to hear from Wenda Johnson. So I'm here today with Wenda Johnson. Wenda, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from?
1: Well, I'm originally from Arizona. Uh, I've been in Texas and now we live in Oklahoma and uh, I'm married and have two beautiful daughters and I just love riding horses.
0: So besides horses, what do you have a full-time job, a part-time job? What do you do or is horses your full-time job?
1: I do work part-time as a nurse practitioner in the ER and, um, so I feel like I have a nice balance of a little of everything. Um, I ride horses full time, you know, just, I enjoy riding, so Good. I ride every day, but, um, I compete part time and I work part time. I, when I'm home, I homeschool my girls and help my husband on the ranch. And so I have, feel like I have a little variety to life, which I really enjoy and love. Do you enjoy being an ER nurse? I do. I do. I love it. Um, the The ER can be very fast paced and things can change really quick. So if I have, you know, I can have a day that I'm seeing, you know, minor things um, or it can be a day full of chest pains and <laughs> burns or whatever. So anything can walk through the door. And uh, as my responsibility as a provider, it, you know, it's my decisions are making and determining the outcome of the patient's health
0: right i mean i can't imagine some of the things that you must see that
1: i do i enjoy it and and uh enjoy being a resource for our community
0: that's really neat and that really inspires me so aside from your nursing you said that you're big into horses and horse training that I know of, you have two super amazing horses that you run. Do you want to tell me a little bit about them?
1: Sure. And, you know, there's a misconception about, you know, people think I train full time and, um, riding competition horses every day, which uh, I'm in a unique situation where, um, I do ride. I love to ride. I ride every day. I enjoy it. Um, I like the kind of riding that's almost more trail riding. I love loping off through the meadows. I love loping through the trees on all the trails I've made. I love jumping things. I love swimming horses, Um, you know, and I I can train and tune on a horse, uh, but it's not necessarily my, you know, first thing that I love to do. And so, um, the two geldings that I, that I do run are unbelievably amazing. And I, and I have seasoned them, but only in the competition pen. So they actually live down in Fort Worth. My friends own them. Long story short, uh, started, um, kind of jump riding them about five or six years ago. Uh, and just part-time, you know, initially was only going like once a month. Uh, They have a barn manager that keeps them in shape and keeps them legged up. And so I just take them to the races and that's where I developed them to gain their competition experience and confidence. And it's been working out really, really well for us even still. Um, Even now, I go a couple times a month usually. So I'll, I'll either drive down to Texas and if the race is south, of them then you know jump in and go or they'll bring the horses up if it's if it's north of fort worth so um it works out really good where i'm not um tied up all the time um at competitions and it's a, a really nice balance of getting to still go and travel a little bit without necessarily being tied to it every day and feeling like i have to go
0: yeah it sounds like you have a great program figured out with what works best for both you and those horses
1: for sure, I think it's been pretty beneficial for them. These horses do run and try so hard and i and I honestly think um if they were being competed on more and ran more, that I don't know if they would. Physically, I mean, especially the first horse that I rode for him physically, he couldn't handle more that he just would run and turn so hard so that, you know, so just really competing once a month or a couple times a month was about right for him. And, um, so I feel like long-term it's, it's helped him stay sound. Um, I think they, the horses, it's interesting to see. You know, when I pull up, they kind of get a little excited. You know, they see me, they know we're going to a race. And, of course, I spoil them, like tremendously spoil them um, when I do take them. Um, so, you know, it's a nice break from their home routine, which is very consistent. You know, the exercise regiment, you know, very, very uh, routine. And then we go to race and I let them do really whatever they want. And they listen so
0: well that, you know, as long as they're listening, I, I just give them a lot of freedom great and I mean like I said earlier something that I can tell that works for you guys you've got that program figured out where it's like I don't know it's cool to me that they look forward to seeing you like you said they can tell they know what they're gonna do so it's like a treat to get to see you because they know that they're about to go to a rodeo
1: yeah and they and they I think they enjoy it I feel like both of them really enjoy running barrels they look forward to it they're excited you know even in the run like you know, Mac's ears are up half the time. He's looking he's like, okay, is it our time? You know, and say, with Mo, <laughs> yeah. he's like, are we ready? Let's go. And so I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of the development side of these horses. And they're, you know, they're young as you're bringing them along. Mac now is nine. So he's, I feel like he's pretty solid and where he's at, but Mo's only six. You know, so develop, developing them and helping them feel confident um, in that setting of, of an event or a, a barrel race or a rodeo um, and feeling confident to go in and kind of go do their job, but yet still enjoy it. And And I feel like they're, they've developed some competitive edge because of it.
0: Another thing I found interesting that you said is you're not hauling them all the time and going super hard. I looked up where you're standing in the world and you've only been to eight rodeos and you're sitting fourth right now. That's so cool to me that you're able to like, make those rodeos that you do go to count and it shows with your horses that they're not getting too hot. And that, like you said, they're young or especially most young. So getting to where he is, that's really cool to me.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's something, a personal preference for me um, in the rodeo world, you can go to a ton of rodeos. I mean, some people can hit, you know, three to five in a week or a weekend, And, and that's fine if you want to go do that. But you know, my approach is um, like any horse, they really in their whole life, they only have so many runs, whether it's a year's worth of runs or 15 years, years worth of runs, they literally only have so many runs. And so I really do try to conserve and be really conscientious on where I'm running them. Um, I try to stay off a of bad ground. I don't want to hurt them. You know, these are geldings. Um, you hurt them, and it's a career-ending injury. I mean, that's it. And so, um, when we do go, I, I just want to help them be as successful as possible, and then us as a team accomplish the goals that that I have set for them. And so far, I feel like we're doing that. And and I had told my friends, you know, I'm not. I'm not necessarily a huge like rodeo doesn't necessarily drive me a whole bunch where I am like, Oh, let's go rodeo. I just like to ride. So as long as I get to trail ride here and there, wherever rodeo I'm at, then I'm pretty happy. Um, but my friends at own them really wanted their horses in the rodeo pens. And so I had told them where, when I first started, I said, well, if we can go to some of the bigger ones and, you know, just go to a handful, um, and be successful, then I'll do it. But I I sure don't want to chase it and drag down the road a whole bunch um, because that's just not really necessarily the lifestyle that I want uh, for myself and and even for um, my family. So, um, but it, but it works for us and here I am, you know, three years into it and still uh, being able to enjoy it, go compete a little bit, um, do well, stay in the standings and, um, get to go to the, you know, I went to the finals last year on a pretty low, on low counts, both years. And, and I um, was grateful for that as well.
0: So that first year that your friend said he wanted you to start running him on rodeo ground, is that, or in the rodeo pen, is that when you are or you to make it to the finals?
1: So I, they originally had um their, their black horse flash, that dreams first flash. And I wrote him his maturity year back in 16, And just, you know, said, I'll help you until you find a trainer to tell you find, you know, what you want to do. And so I only rode him for about 10 months. And then they sent him with a rodeo girl. So I didn't ride him for a year. And then I got back on him a year later, back in 18. And um, even when I originally got on him as a futurity horse, they wanted a rodeo then. I said, look, I, I don't want a rodeo. I might just go find a rodeo girl. There's plenty of them they all want to go rodeo. I said, I'm just, that's just not what I want to do. And so when I got back on them in 18, they kept kind of asking me and I finally, and really they just wanted to go to Fort Worth. That's, that's where they live in Fort Worth. They went to the Fort Worth rodeo, saw the barrel racing. That's where they got excited about barrel racing and said, wow, our horse could do this. We want our horse at Fort Worth. And so in 18, they, you know, oh, we want a rodeo. We want a rodeo. I said, "Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go ahead and get my card, um, just so that I can make it to Fort Worth." And I believe that was the year. So I got my card in like June, filled it at the first barrel race I went to, or my permit, and right. um, and I then so that would have been so in nineteen was the first year they limited Fort Worth. So I here I had my card, but I hadn't been to any rodeos. So nineteen rolls around, and I, I wasn't eligible to go to Fort Worth. And so I told him the next year, I said, "Well, you know, let's we'll go to enough to make top forty, so I can go to Fort Worth." And um, so nineteen, um, so nineteen, I only went to like six rodeos or something like that. Not not many, um, and you know, won a little money, but you know, not enough to be top forty. Yeah. So it was twenty is when well. I went to. San Angelo and was second. So that was so I did have my card in 19 didn't go to the finals that year in 20 so that would have been my you know coming into my second year um is when I went to San Angelo and was second at San Angelo San Antonio had a qualifier and I made it into the finals you know won the wild card round made it to the finals and then covid hit and so when they opened everything back up in june i was here I was with two rodeos and sitting in the top 15. So I was like, well, I guess we might as well go to a few and try to hang in there and go to the finals, which I did. And that's the year it was at Texas. And then, you know, 21, same thing. Just, well, guess I'm qualified for some of these winter rodeos, even though like Houston was still canceled. Fort Worth had been canceled. Austin was canceled. So I think I only went to just... I guess San Antonio and San Angelo again. and um but still had some success, you know, um, one San Angelo, one Reno, Coleman, um and then went to a few others and stayed in the top fifteen and ran last year at the finals. So this year was the first winter run I've ever made um, because they're actually were having the rodeos and um it's so it's you know and it's been good I went to those what six winter rodeos and um made the finals at all of them except for Austin and felt like horses worked good and we had a little success
0: yeah it sure sounds like it I mean it's cool to me that you've got that figured out and how it just kind of fell into place for you absolutely did you enjoy the NFR more when it was in Texas or in Vegas
1: You know, it's, um, I did like Texas. The pin was, I like the setup of the pin a lot better and not that, you know, Vegas is Vegas. It is what it is. You know, you're in this little skinny alley, you know, it's loud. Um, You're stuck down in that alley for a while. So you have to have a pretty level-headed horse. You've got, you know, these flag girls running right by you as you're waiting. So it's, you know, down there for five to 10 minutes, whatever it is. Um, And these horses are running by the, you know, the wagons going by and, and, you know, you can feel the energy of the, in that pin. So, you know, there's pros and cons to both arenas, you know, and to me, an arena is an arena. You know, we go in, we make three runs and run out. Um, it's more on helping that horse understand their job, staying confident and quiet through no matter what's thrown at them. And um, you know, Fort Worth was easy and convenient because, close to you know those horses stayed in their house right. they lived 15 minutes from Arlington so they stayed in their pens every night they were turned out you know like a lot of benefit that way um so Fort Worth, Fort, Worth, Fort Worth was great I felt like it still had a lot to offer the people that came to watch um and I thought it was more seating and the ground was decent I mean a little sticky some of the nights but but I thought they did a pretty good job on trying to keep the ground good um, you know Vegas's ground isn't very good I mean it's has rocks and I mean I the whole time all I did was pick up rocks any open arena time and then our warm-up pins were full of rocks and pieces of trash and bone and so I picked up a lot of rocks and trash <laughs> every day and you know by the end kind of felt like I cleared it out enough um, you know Max pretty thin sold, and I, I just you know I don't think it's fair for him to have to step on a rock and then me to ask him to go do his job so um so there's you know pros and cons to everything the you know the accommodations they they try to you know provide so like
0: earlier you said that one of the reasons you don't really go to all the rodeos is because of the ground you like to run your horses where there's the better ground at but when you get to an event like the nfr if it's a bad ground night, say you're 15th on the drag, are you going to go give it your all still? Or what's kind of your thoughts on that?
1: You know, it's, it's really tough because, one, you, you really don't know what's going on inside the pin. Um, even li- you can't even hardly hear the times, like the speakers. Um, so it's a little, at a lot of these rodeos even, how it's set up, you, you don't even really know what's going on. So unless somebody comes out on foot, because their horse went down and <laughs> yeah. and the horse is coming out separate. You really don't know how bad the ground is. Um, so like at Reno, I knew the ground was bad at Reno and the, in the short go. It was decent My for my first two runs. But in the short go, for some reason, um, you know, it, it turned dangerous. It really, it was dangerous. Um, there was 12 of us, 12 great horses running. Um, 10 out of the 12 all slipped. I think three went down. I mean, it was, it was for whatever reason, and it wasn't rain and it, I I don't know what the, what the change of ground was, but um, I didn't know necessarily how bad it was. Um, but I knew there was some issues, people coming out, looking at their horses, getting off, checking their legs. I mean, I could tell horses were having something. trouble. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, these horses I run and I have had to run at a few pins that had some bad ground. I uh, went to Coleman a couple years ago. It was terrible um, and ended up winning it. Mac, he stands up really, really well. You know, I just, if I know I'm going to be in that situation, then I just approach it a little bit different. I verbally say out loud to Mac or the horse I'm on like, okay, Hey, listen, you stand up. Let's just be careful and go to our spots and just be real careful. And you know what, if they need to, stand up and step off and do whatever they need to do, then I let them. Um, I try not to pull on these horses anyways in general. Um, So I kind of let them find their feel. And They're smart enough. If it's too slick or whatever, I give them their head. If they have to stumble or whatever, I give them their head and let them kind of figure through it. But they're so athletic and they really stay pretty square that I haven't had a ton of trouble with them stumbling or going down even and uh, neither of these geldings have ever went down with me um and even really haven't stumbled i've had mac trip a little he tripped it Reno in that short go round. uh kind of slipped a little bit um but he's never really just had a real bad stumble i had a pretty bad stumble on Mo at odessa this year and it was kind of an odd you know the ground was kind of dry and there was a rut coming into one and as he after he finished the first and he came across that rut I think he just hit it wrong and stumbled pretty bad kind of stumbled all the way across the pin and I just give him his head let him you know catch himself and then I actually pulled, pulled him up yeah so I pulled him up and just loped through and finished and and um but uh so you know I think it just depends uh it's not my favorite to run on bad ground, but I have had to run on some bad ground and I just really approach it as careful as possible. You know, I don't come in there just whipping his fur and I just kind of sit up and I just talk to him a little bit like, okay, Hey, easy, you know, stand up here and stay square. And, you know, that's kind of worked, worked for me and the horses. And I felt like I've kept them safe uh, despite having to run on some bad ground.
0: So when you get to the rodeo's are you able to like visualize your run and kind of like apply it or does your subconscious take over and you just go to make your run? I don't know how to ask that. I don't think I did a good job.
1: Well, you know, I have a, I feel like my approach because I am riding young horses um, and then each run is really a development run. Like I'm working on, when I go in there, I break down a run and it doesn't matter where I'm at or what pin I'm in. Um, I focus on what I'm doing at each point of my run. So, and I'm walking in the alley. I'm like, okay, I'm walking in the alley. Okay. Now I'm lining up to go to the first. Okay. Now I'm running to the first, now I'm going to this spot. So I break down a run. Um, so it doesn't matter the size of the pin or location. Um, so I guess that's maybe a form of vi- vis- visualization and I'll do some, yeah, visualization like even when I'm not, or, you know, before I run more, my visualizations more like making sure me physically, if I'm walking around something, I make sure I get into the position. I'm asking my horse to get into a position around a barrel so that I just, that muscle memory is what I'm always working on. And I think also, um, I just like breaking the run down. You know, the runs feel real slow to me because I break them down and I don't get nervous. Just go in there. I turn each barrel, you know, focus on what I need to do right then. And that seems to work for me.
0: I'm kind of that way too on like, it's more like I'm able to kind of think through my run and okay, I'm approaching the first barrel here. I need to sit down, need to ask on the backside where my mom says that her approach is more like she draws blanks and she's not able to think through a run, Mm -hmm. but before she goes out there and makes her run, she's able to like visualize and see what she wants to do. I'm not that way at all. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of more like you on that one.
1: Well, and there are so many different styles and there's so many different approaches you can do. There's a million ways to turn a barrel even, and each horse has a different style. And so really, there are so many different ways to be successful while running barrels and and i really just think it's important to figure out what works best for you number one and what works best for the horse that you're riding on Um, but there's no doubt the biggest thing is learning how to control your nerves prior to any competition run
0: do you have any suggestions on that or any ways that you do it because you said that you don't really get nervous anymore
1: Yeah, I learned a long, long time ago. I mean, we competed growing up. Um, That's been a very easy thing for me. And I know that's a challenging thing for most people. Um, But I, you know, like running an American and the finals, all those, I just go in, go make my run. Um, I think it's easier said than done. I think it is a true struggle for most people. And I think it's kind of a subconscious struggle. And most people put so much pressure on themselves to go either out and win it or to not get embarrassed or they are worried about an outcome that may happen that probably never will. And so what I've always asked people is, you know, what are you worried about? What, what is the worst thing that can happen that in your run that is making you worried and tense right now? And so you know, most it's, you know, they don't want to get run away with or their horse to fall or them to hit a barrel or turn in front of a barrel or be gate sour. And yeah, there's those things that could potentially happen. And I feel like, okay, if they happen, then you address them. If they don't, you know, but most of the time those things don't happen. Our horses are very smart. You know, what? horses try so hard. They really are trying to please us and do what what they're asked or what they've been trained. And half the time it's us getting in their way and us creating problems. And so if we can take a step back and remember, we have put time into this horse or the horse has had enough time on them to understand their job and to go in there and go do their job. And I think a lot of people, I think it's our human nature that we wanna maybe micromanage or tense up or make them do a turn or whatever. And quite a few times, like if I bump into somebody or they ask me any advice, and and I watch their run, most people are checking pretty aggressively into their first barrel, okay, or into all three barrels. But let's say the first barrel, and um, and some horses do need it. There's there's no doubt. Um, but I've always I always ask like, I can tell your horse is going to turn this before you ever pop them in the mouth coming into the barrel have you ever just actually trusted your horse to go in and there and make a turn? And they'd be like, well, no. I'm like, well, okay, well, wh- why don't you try that? And if you can just not check them and let them come make the turn. And I, I I'm going to say 98% of the people I've told that to text me back or call me back and say, Oh my gosh, that was the best first turn I have ever had. And my horse just did his job. I'm like, yes. It's 12 years old. He knows his job. Let him go do his job. So, um, so I think those insecurities. So what I'm getting at is I think those insecurities, um, sometimes create issues that don't need to be there and us being nervous going into a run creates more issues for us during the run. Um, than not for the most part. So like that, you're tight, you know, somebody's nervous before they run, they're tight, they're holding on their horse or squeezing and that horse is getting excited and they're going, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, what, what, what do I need to be scared of? You're scared. So I got to be scared. What's scary. We, you know, they're a herd animal and usually the people are the alpha of the two. So that horse feels the rider getting scared they become scared they become tight and so the quieter you can be and the more relaxed you can be to go in and go make your your run um, and that starts with before you even remotely get close to the gate um, the better off it can be for the horse and the rider
0: so many of the things that you've said like I can relate to I know whenever they say my name at the rodeos automatically Jack tenses up and he gets all nervous and starts like moving because he can feel my nerves through him. Sure. So automatically he wants to get nervous. Or we well, and I think, Go ahead. Yeah. And
1: I, I think I saw an article that a horse can feel a person's heartbeat, like four foot away or something. So not even when you're on them, they can feel you when you walk up. And, and I, you know, I'm sure you've seen that when somebody walks up aggressive to a horse. I mean, they, they feel that aggression or excitement or whatever, um, they are really sensitive. So all of a sudden your heart rate bumps up. He's going, Oh my gosh, yeah, what, what? is the time? Okay. Oh, oh, we got to get ready. And then they start getting worried. And then by the time you go make your run, both of you are worried and it, and, uh, it does affect the run.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up. And I think I read that article that was really like informative and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. And, um, but you know, I, I think it ultimately comes down to like, what is somebody's goal? I mean, what, what are they wanting to accomplish? What is their goal? You know, some people just want to go rodeo, you know, and, and the, in this rodeo association, you know, the WPRA, um, there, there is, unless you read the whole rule book, which I don't know if anybody's ever read the whole rule book, there is so many different things, um, that you don't know or that you have to learn through either reading the rule book, calling them or asking a friend or learning it through experience, which is trial and error. And um, it can be really quite challenging. And they have so many different, like, you know, they have the division circuit, they have the circuits, they have the WPRA tour, the PRCA tour, then the WPRA world standings. Like, so there's so many different, almost, levels within this organization, um, that somebody really has to ask themselves, okay, what do I want to do? What, how do I want to accomplish the things, um, the goals that I have set? And, um, I feel like this particular association, it's really hard to find information to, um, there's no like guiding compass, I mean, you kind of have to dig through things or you have to look at the rule book, which is really challenging, um, that there, there's not a lot of just straight information out there for people. And even so for me, which I don't, you know, I only rodeo a little bit the last couple of years, whatever. Um, like there's little things like I had no idea that the girls gave each other gifts that made the NFR had no idea. Literally a week before I went to the Texas one and they, somebody, Oh, actually a friend I'd said something about, yeah, well, one of the girls asked for a picture, my favorite picture. And I was like, okay, yeah, here, here's a favorite picture emailed them. And she's like, Oh, it's for the gift exchange. And I was like, wait, wait, what? A gift exchange (laughs) had no idea. So unless, you know, like, so there's things like that, that unless you've learned from somebody or you've heard, um, And that of course, that's not, WPRA doesn't do that. That's just something that the girls do. And it's a really nice thing. But I had, I I had to scramble a gift last minute for the Texas one. Um, But there's other things like, luckily I have some neighbors and they are really into rodeo and they follow everything. And she kind of kept me pretty lined out in Mm -hmm. 20. She'd be like, did you do this? Or did you do that? You know, and I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Okay. So she called me right before the, you know, she said, did you enter the finals today? And I said, enter the finals. She said, yeah, you got to call ProCom. You only have a 24 hour time window. You got to enter the finals today. Had no idea that you had to actually call ProCom and enter the finals um, or else you get fined, And it's a pretty big fine. And um, so there's a lot of little things that this particular association um, doesn't just, it's not like just common knowledge. You either got, you just have to dig through for it or look and see what you want. And so I don't, I, I don't know. I think if you can get, um, because we were just talking about, you know, nerves and stuff, if you can get the confidence and build your confidence so that when you do eventually, if for instance, somebody has a goal to rodeo, you know, so you're not just out there wasting runs, you know, wasting your money, throwing your money away, get confidence. You know what? I love the little local play days, $5 a run. Go out there, get my horse some experience, get confidence. You know, work towards certain things so that you know if it doesn't go exactly as planned, and if I'm on a young horse or something, then it's five bucks versus you know two hundred bucks at a rodeo. Right. Um, so I do, I do think um, building that confidence, um, controlling the nerves more than anything. I think that is super important. And I know the bigger the event, most people the more pressure they put on themselves, but you you have to start. Getting control of those nerves somehow um, and hopefully you do it sooner rather than later so that you're not um, kind of wasting some of these runs because you just get too worried you lock up you blank out you have no idea what just happened and your horse carried you through <laughs> so
0: lucky for a lot of those horses that will just carry you through those times right
1: <laughs> well and you know I think there are some horses that will do that but they're the most important thing is working on your own personal horsemanship your horse is really only as good as the rider. They, You can get the most jam up horse, but if you're holding them back, um, eventually they will step down to your level. That's kind of their nature. So the other thing I definitely say is get a coach, get somebody to help you improve your own horsemanship, whatever that is. I mean, and there's all sorts of different ways to to ride and to handle a horse. But um, but if you can do your very best at your highest level, then you're going to have a, a better chance of being successful.
0: So that's kind of talking about, I mean, the goals that you set for yourself in each rodeo. Is there any goals that you specifically set at the beginning of the year, rather it be per rodeo or to make the finals? How do you approach that?
1: you know, so I have such a different approach than uh, most people. Um, and because these are my friends' horses, they just want to see them at big events. And I don't, you know, I don't really have a preference rodeo, you know, like I actually just love those big barrel races. I like the slot races, the big barrel races. I like WCRA rodeos. Um, and so it doesn't, you know, there's so many different associations that I'm not just like, Oh, I have to go pro rodeo. Like really, I don't, it didn't matter to me. Um, I feel like if I am going to go and spend the time, I, if I can be successful and make it worth my time, make it worth the owner's time, that's probably more of a priority to me than actual particular associations finals. Um, And I take like, so last summer was my first little summer run I ever did. Um, The year before I only went to one rodeo over the 4th of July and people were like, did you do the cowboy Christmas? I was like, went to one. Does that count? I don't know. But so last year was my little first summer run. And um, you know, the goal that I had set, like, uh, you know, at at that point in time um, was just, you know, I'd made the finals a year before I was sitting good um, going into the summer run. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and see if we can make the finals again. I'm going to do it within reason. Um, I'm not going to go break my back or the horse's back to go make it. Um, but if we can make it on a, you know, the lower count again, which we did, which I went to 25 rodeos last year. I think I came into it at what, I don't know, 11th or 13th. I'm not sure. So that was kind of my goal going into it hey, if I go hit these few big ones and can be successful at the few big ones and still make the finals, great. Um, If I don't make the finals, it's not the end of the world. There's so
0: many other barrel races and even big barrel races in Vegas that you could go to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And two, if you're really looking at true money earned, like I went to, um, so I got invited to Calgary last year, which didn't count for WPRA standings, but I still went. I was already, I was eight hours away. I thought, Hey, why not? Sure. Calgary that close might as well go. Um, it kind of tied into my summer and I had a little downtime between the Montana rodeo I went to and then Cheyenne. So I was like, perfect. So I went up to Calgary, did well in my pool, had a pretty bad slip in the semifinals, So I didn't advance into the finals, but you know, it was a profitable enough Rodeo, And then I got invited to Days of 47, which isn't a, a co-sanctioned WPRA or pro rodeo. And um, between those two rodeos, I was close to 50000 earned, just those two events that didn't count for WPRA. And I had, in this by the end of the summer run that I was at, I had been to, I want to say, 13 or 15 rodeos and was about the same money. And I mean, that was winning Reno, winning San Antonio or San Angelo Coleman. So I had won some rodeos and been to 13 rodeos and monetary the monetary gain, I was only at um, the same amount of money earned that I had at those two events. And so, you know, really going down the road on the rodeo trail, you don't win that much money the reason why people go to all these rodeos is to run at the finals that's where you capitalize and can make some decent money and you make up for your year of having to travel um, and all the expenses that uh, come along with running down the rodeo trail Um, so I I think goal-wise for me I really it the finals is a great thing and if I can make it great um but if I don't it's not the end of the world um I just really try to utilize on the runs I do go to to, that um that it just is worth the horse's time my time the owner's time and um still try to do it and enjoy it and have fun because if you're not having fun then it's not worth doing
0: all the time if you're not enjoying it absolutely it's always fun to win right (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And everybody wants to win,
1: you know, and, but there, but we have to remember too, that uh, everybody, everybody does literally want to win and there is only going to be one winner. And um, so there's been plenty of races I've been to that there's great horses and you know what, you can go do your very best. And sometimes somebody else wins, but there are all, all of us are mounted. All of us have great horses. I mean, you look at the finals this last year, I mean, we had such a great, great group of horses and great group of riders. They're all super handy. They all, you know, majority of them are kind of can train and and bring bring a horse along. So very um, experienced riders, great horsemanship, um, unbelievable horse flesh. I mean, we had up till finally the eighth or ninth round, not one person had won two goes. I mean, it was a different horse winning every night. I mean, that's how what a great set of horses that we had and, and, um, riders. And I, I thought that was pretty neat to be, um, competing with such great girls. So it could have been anybody's night. Um, because we were all, we were all mounted and we all had had the ability. Um, and, 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 and that made it pretty fun. I kind of enjoyed that, the, to see the high level, Um, of competition that was at the finals this last year. That, that, that was kind of neat. I, I, I liked that. And, and I enjoy cheering other people on. I'm, I'm not a real um, negative. Yeah. I'm not a real (laughs) aggressive competitor and not in even to some degree, maybe not super competitive. Even people say, Oh, whatever you run there. No, I'm really not like, Oh, I have to go win. You know what? I just go do my best and it is going to shake out how it's going to shake out. And, I'm excited for whoever wins because they did a heck of a good job and it all came together for them that day. And that's what it comes down to at a lot of these events is, you know what, sometimes it works out your way and let's be realistic. The reality of rodeo, when you're competing over a whole week against each other, sometimes it is literally luck of the draw. Yeah. The ground conditions change from day to day, you know, Heck, I've been to darn rodeos that the barrel's set in the wrong spot on one set of horses. You know, I mean it is literally luck of the draw. And um, I've seen that, you know, a different tractor guy get on and totally tractor different. And so there's a lot of things that go against making it very consistent across the board at majority of the rodeos. Um and it mainly because you are running over a week or two. Now I do like, I know a lot of people don't like the tournament styles, but I kind of like it. You're running against your set of horses all together that same night. So whatever the conditions are, you're all running against it. And that's how you get paid off of how you do that night, all on the same conditions. So um, I enjoy that a little bit better because I mean, who wants to drive? I mean, I know people that drove all the way to Reno last year and they had the day that it rained and they can't compete. There's no way you literally, it doesn't matter how good of a horse you have. If you're running in the mud, you're not going to be able to go compete against somebody that had optimal conditions, you know, three days before or three days after. Sure. So it is literally luck of the draw on a lot of these rodeos. And that's why I say you, you just really have to go do your best. And, um, out of my summer run, there was two rodeos that it had rained. Um, I was at Mo- livingston, Montana and Spanish fork. And you just, you, trot through there's nothing you can do you can't even even if you went and tried to go run through you just can't compete um and that's a part of rodeo and I think most people that do rodeo understand that and know that it's um inevitable
0: what would you say is one of the greatest challenges of being a barrel racing competitor
1: so I I would have to separate it from rodeo so I think the biggest challenge of rodeo is the inconsistencies, um, lack of level playing field. Um, you know, hey, if you're 12th on the ground, the reality of it is for you to really compete and go run a 16 on a standard, it, the likelihood decreases significantly um now the barrel racing pin that's a whole different thing i love the barrel racing pins i think it's fairly even it's consistent you drag every five most facilities are really nice you have your stalls right there you actually have a warm-up pin Um, so i'm i don't complain about the barrel pin at all love the barrel pin Um, and when i have you know like these horses they deserve the best ground they can get and, you know, the best facility and a place to warm up. A majority of these rodeos don't have a warm up pin or if they do, it's rocky or it's hard. Um, it's, it's not worked. And so, you know, for a rodeo horse to go do their very best, they have to deal with so many inconsistencies and really almost injustices to before they can go even go out and go do their job. And that's if the ground's even good at the rodeo. So there's a reason why rodeo horses have a hard time competing in the big barrel pins and just flat out running everybody because they've learned to safety up. They've learned to protect themselves. And they've had to because they warm up on crap. They run on crap half the time. And then, you know, so they've learned to just be real careful, safety up, and go take them to a barrel race
0: and you're running in the 2D. Right, you can go and you can be winning on that pro rodeo round, but you get to the big barrel races and they're holding back, not giving it their all out of habit and <laughs> yeah. protecting themselves.
1: Yeah, and so like with Mac, because I still would go to some barrel races, it would take me a couple runs on some good ground for him to kind of give me some speed again um, to kind of step up his game. And um, and and that's just the reality of it. Is, and and it's you know it's not his fault and it's nobody's fault that he has just learned his safety up he's a smart horse and he stays square luckily so I've had been able to even run on some bad ground and be successful but um, it does take a little while to regain his confidence and really ask for a run when I do get to run on some good ground
0: so are you races like UCI and Salinas the extreme million this year or are you mostly
1: going to go to the rodeos this summer? You know, um, man, I'd love to go back to the extreme race because um, that that treated me really good. I went two years ago, you know, 158,000 that weekend. I mean, it, in what rodeo can you even do that? Um, it was nice because I could run more than one horse I ran Flash and Mac at that time that I had those two and was like first, fourth and ninth, 58,000 you know, at a great facility. The ground was amazing. Ground is um, also,
0: those were one of my favorite producers of all time. I mean, they keep that ground even and awesome. If there's yes. Or if there's 500 runners.
1: Absolutely. And they do an amazing job. And, and so prep personally, that's what I prefer. I love that race. Um, I've got a family trip in California kind of right. And I think it ends like the second or third day of the extreme race. And so I'm like, Okay. How can I pull this? <laughs> Cause I really want to go. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it or not. Um, but that personally, that's what I enjoy. Um, I know the, the owners like the big rodeos. Um, if I get invited to Calgary, I'll probably go up to Calgary and I'll just make a little circle, um, going up and back type of a thing. Um, but I really don't quite have a plan yet. I hate to admit, um, uh-huh
0: bad thing it works for you just kind of go where I mean if it works out it works out right that's kind of how it's always been for you and it's been working
1: yeah yeah and you know the thing is is I've learned too a long time ago sometimes you can't force things you know it's some of it is um, luck of the draw or blessings or whatever you want to call it Um, and sometimes it just works out and you have some fun and could be successful and and you know what and sometimes it doesn't work out and that's okay. Then you move forward and you move on to the next one and the next run and you go, you start again. And, um, you know, it's as long as I feel like the horses are healthy and safe and I'm having a good time, then I'll do what I can do. And if it ever comes to the point where it's not enjoyable or not working out, then, then I'll change my plan or approach and, for now, like you say, it, it's been working just fine for me. And so just kind of keep um, trucking along. I do have a, a couple of my own mares um, and they're bred just like these geldings. And, and I need to go season them and kind of get them going. Um, so I didn't, don't know if I can make it out to Salina on them this year, but next year we're going to, I'm going to, I got to make that happen. So, because I love that Salina race. Um, so as of now, I bet, because I am sitting in the standings I'll probably still kind of go hit some of those rodeos at least through September um, and then go from there I'm going to go back to the BFA in November but other than that I don't really have much more of a plan
0: not a direct plan yet but you know (laughs) stuff will pop up and you'll be entering
1: yeah yeah so I'll we'll try to do what makes the most sense um and the, it's the most reasonable and you know hey fuel is going to be really really high this year so <clears throat> if i make a circle i mean that's something i'll take into consideration and try to be conscientious about as well so um
0: yeah, come up to nevada and then go back to texas to come up to utah again you're going to make those rodeos count if you're probably get up to about seven dollars a gallon right
1: (laughs) yeah so well and I'll probably won't even go to Reno I mean I know I won it last year but there's not I mean now you could hit some rodeos on the way back but like I there was only one rodeo really to hit on the way out and that was one where they had 13 year old boys setting up the barrels and they were off the stakes and I just I'm like wow and then the last perf got really fast and outran everybody you know so I you know enough inconsistencies that I probably wouldn't go back to that one and then um but Reno you know the ground got dangerous and do I want to go do that again I'm just' Wait, I, I
0: don't... it for
1: you what's that
0: just kind of one of those things where you have to weigh your pros and cons and even yeah. is it really worth it? you might draw up on that terrible day and just
1: yeah That's part of it so I, you know, I've just, I'll probably won't go back to Reno. Just, you know, I'd rather just go make a Northern run instead. And I haven't done that, in this, you know, so yeah. I might change it up and I I don't know. We'll just see and uh, try to do the best I can and hopefully it works out well. And we'll, we'll go from there.
0: It'll all work out how it's supposed to. I'm confident of that.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and I and I don't want to pick on like the committee members too much because these committee members, like of, of all the rodeos I've been to, which hasn't been that many, but, <laughs> but they come together once a year to put on a rodeo for the community and raise money. And they all mean very, very well. But they, they literally either don't know or just keep that whole thing of, Hey, this is rodeo and we've been doing it this way for this long. They might not even have the tools to get the ground good. Um, and then, or like the tractor guy, he'll be like, oh, I've been doing this for 30 years. Well, yeah, once a year for 30 years, it doesn't mean <laughs> he knows how to prep ground. That's going to be safe. And I, in, in, I, and there's an, enough other events, you know, this steer wrestlers want it one way and this stock contractors wanted another way for their bucking stock and the calf ropers wanted a different way. So everybody wants a little bit different ground, which I understand, but I do, at least if they're trying, if a committee members are trying, I I do appreciate that. Um, I have a hard time with the pins that nothing's been going on for all year. Then they just go pour a bunch of water on it and then chicken scratch it. Then that's when you're going to get hurt. Um, and it's because they just don't know it's a lack of education. And I feel like that is the WPRA's responsibility to step in and say, look, you know, you're having a rodeo. This ground needs to at least be ripped and worked starting at least a week prior to, um, so this whole rodeo thing is knowing how to draw up. Yeah. If don't, don't draw up in that first thing in the slack when they just barely worked it and it's got a hard pen underneath, you're going to get in a wreck. And so, um, so at least uh, that is with these committee members, they really do mean well. It's just a lack of knowledge and experience. And even though they think it's fine, like, so even Reno, Reno becoming the ground went terrible and they say, and you try to talk to them about it. They're like, well, it wasn't that bad. Cause you know, Haley ran a, what she ran a seven on, on that standard. And I ran a nine in the finals. I'm like, doesn't mean the ground wasn't dangerous because yeah. it was dangerous, we just happen to have good enough horses that can overcome that. But this ground was dangerous and that horse probably got hurt. You know, the one that went down, there was one that went down pretty bad. I can't remember who was riding it. Um, but three, went, two or three went, I mean, went down. They, the girls didn't fall off, but I mean, looked like it hurt them and the ground's dangerous, but you can't even talk to the, you know, they, they just don't understand. They don't have enough knowledge. They're not horse people. And they say, well, it's not that bad because the times were good. Well, that you know, that's not necessarily the case. So, um, so there is, there is, um, that challenge or balance of having the committee members who really are meaning well, but that just don't have enough horse experience or ground preparation experience to make it as, um, beneficial for everybody that it can be. I don't know. I mean, there's, kind of a little rundown on on some of the challenges that that I've definitely seen um, in the rodeo pins and um, and you know most people we put up with it because you want a chance to go run at the finals and do the very best you can at the finals and and um, we all know that the finals holds a lot of prestige and I think that's what drives a lot of people to to make it. That's what drives my friends who owns these horses. They want to see their horses at the finals. It's as simple as that. They, they want them at big pins and the recognition and that type of thing. And, um, and I, and I understand why, um, but it doesn't come without its challenges, I guess. Let's just say that.
0: So I won't keep you for too much longer, but before I let you go, I got to ask what advice you'd give to someone who dreams of making the NFL.
1: Well, I do think, um, understanding what your true goal is number one and that can change as you progress just like mine did I initially got my card so I could make it to Fort Worth well I ran at the finals before I ever ran at Fort Worth this year you know two years later I finally ran at Fort Worth once they finally had a rodeo and um, so I know that goal can change but I think you know having a goal I think the most important thing though honestly is horsemanship working on your ability as a rider to help you compete at the level that you want to compete at. And it's easiest people to expect our horses to be, go do their very best. So why aren't we expecting us to step up and be in shape and to be the best with our timing, to use our body properly to help our horses go be successful. And, and I don't, I know it's a human nature thing. Um but that ex- if we're putting that expectation on our horse,
0: yeah, we should sure.
1: have that expectation on ourselves. And I and I it breaks my heart to see it when you know a mistake happens out in the pen and somebody takes it out on their horse and I'm like, man that was all rider error. That horse was doing exactly what it was told to do and yet it's still the horse's fault when the rider miscues them or their timing is off and they take it out on their horse. And that, that's probably the hardest thing for me to see. I think, cause I love horses and Hey, I'm not perfect. I am not the best trainer. I am not perfect. There's times I miss my spots or I, my timing is off and that's me. That's all me. And I, you know what? I say, Nope, that ain't happening again. You know, tomorrow we're fixing that because that is not fair to, the, to my horses to have to put up with that. Um,
0: well, and so, so cool I think, see that and you can reflect on all right this is what I did I put my horse in that situation so you're gonna go work on it together instead of getting mad jerking on your horse and then going to another race I mean you're able to work on that recognize it and fix it
1: well and there is a timing you know I'm not saying you never get after a horse um, but if you if you have to step in and correct something there is a timing with it and you've got to release them at the sa- at the right time or else that horse just thinks they're getting in trouble and they don't know why. Um, and it takes a lot of feel and timing to make those corrections um, without just browbeating a horse. And, um, and that just takes experience and it takes practice. And I think it takes having a good team around you. I think a, a good coach makes a big difference that points things out. Hey, I got a coach. My friend, she watches every one of my videos. She comes with me half the time. And boy, if my elbow's in the wrong position or my hip or my (laughs) hand, oh, coach gets me. She'll be like, what? Hey, "Hey, yeah. Like, well, that's why this happened, you know, because your positioning caused this. And it is true. But, you know, we're in the heat of the moment. Sometimes we don't feel that. And you really do need to video your runs. You need to watch them, break them down and fix what you need to fix. So your horse can be successful.
0: Perform to the best of their ability. If you perform to the best of yours.
1: Absolutely. Hands down and, and be accountable for your own actions because the, the few, you know, every once in a while i come across somebody and they're like, I just want to win. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? So you can't, well, I need, I just need a horse to, so I can go win. No, I'm saying, what are you doing? What do you need to do to improve yourself so you can go get on that level of horse and go win? So it's being accountable um, and being aware is really important in this. Look, this is a very competitive world, barrel racing. There are a lot of super nice horses and a lot of great riders. And sometimes it's, you know, you just get on a run and it's your, your day to win, but they, those riders have worked hard and put, the time and experience in so that they can go be successful. So if you're just starting out, that's probably the best advice I can give is get a coach and be aware, see where you can improve. And then the other thing, don't compare yourself to others. Okay. This is all about you as a rider and the horse that you're riding on that day. And um yeah, don't get to an event and start looking around or worrying about who's there. Cause it, you know, you that race is, get with you and the clock and that's it you your horse and the clock so you just go do the very best you can and um and progress to the best of your ability
0: i love your outlook on everything and how you view. i mean that's so i'm so glad that i talked to you i'm coming up on state finals here in a couple weeks and just like the way that you say things really speak <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I'm ready to go in there now and I can think about the things that I need to work on and what I need to do and how I want to approach things. So I really appreciate you talking to me today. Thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm not the best trainer either. I'm just doing my very best so that my horses can be successful because I do have the horsepower and each one of us can do that. And I hope for you and at state that you can, even if you, it's amazing, just tweaking one or two little things does make a big difference. And, and that's where experience comes in. So the more we get experience, um, the more we control our nerves, the more we ride to our position, the more we leave our horse alone and let them do their job, the more successful we can be. And, and I'm excited for you. I hope, um, your state goes really well and that you can continue to just keep progressing and getting better and, you know, getting,
0: accomplishing the goals that you have set. Well, thank you. And I hope you have an awesome summer run if you decide to go. And if not, then I hope <laughs> you have an awesome time hitting barrel races or working in the AR. ER. <laughs> well,
1: thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate getting to visit a little bit.
0: Yeah. And, um, sure we'll
1: crossroad somewhere.
0: Yeah. Before I let you go, I have one more question for yeah. you. It's going to sound a little bit silly. No, it's okay
1: what color is your toothbrush toothbrush uh i have no idea it's the one i get from the dentist
0: probably white thank you so much for talking with me today i really appreciate it
1: absolutely anytime
0: this production is brought to you by y brand usa custom t-shirts and apparel check us out today at ybrandusa.com that's y b-r-a-n-d usa.com